When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We now present Manny Hill's Four Deep Thoughts on the Ride with Royce. All righty, here's my first deep thought. Omaha gets too much bad weather to uh, host the College World Series. They got another rain delay today, Washington, Oregon State. This could be lightning somewhere over the Rockies, though, with the NCAA that they've uh, decided to stop it. Anyway, <laughs> middle of the game, uh, 5-4 Washington. This is an elimination game. Here they are, Manny Hills, four deep thoughts. All right, number one. AJ, Alexis Jones gains the contact, hits the So I was at the Lynx game on Saturday All right. night. Way to go. And, Decent uh, crowd? I, yeah, pretty good crowd. Okay, they played good. the New York Liberty, and I uh, actually ran into our guy, Matthew Collar, and my, my sister has season tickets, and mm-hmm. she couldn't attend the game, so I ended up uh, going on her behalf. And uh just so happens that my sister's season ticket is a row right behind Matthew Collar, who also oh, has season yes, tickets right, right behind him. So I got to chat it up with our guy Collar for the whole game, and, uh, you know... No, that little hot take I had last week on the, on the steam zone. Are you ready to retract that? Improvement of WNBA basketball. Yeah, I, it's I, not. I, it's not a hundred percent accurate. Well, I think the league is yeah. is improved, but my little take that the Lynx were not going to make the playoffs. I think I'm going to retract okay. that part of it. Uh, right. I think I think they're going to be fine. How'd Whalen look? How'd Coach Whalen look? Uh, she didn't play that much. I think she only played about 16, 17, uh, 16 minutes, 17 so. minutes. Yeah. yeah. So who's playing when she doesn't? Uh, Danielle Robinson. Okay. And the, she's uh, new. But she's, she's a new she's player, but she's been in the league for a few time. years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But she's, uh, she's a good player. And, uh, so is you know, uh, Whalen getting the courtesy start then? Is that what you get the impression? Uh, uh, yeah. I think, I think, uh, Coach Reeve is finding a way to balance out Lindsay's mm-hmm. minutes and Danielle Robinson's minutes and, do they play faster even. when Robinson's in the game? I think they do play a little bit faster, yeah. Okay. I've noticed they do play a little bit faster. No Simone but... yet, although I saw she returned to uh, practice today. I think yeah, I but she did not uh, She did not play the game on Saturday. Uh, this Cecilia Zandalassini, mm-hmm. uh, young lady from Italy, she uh, she played quite a bit on Saturday and did very well. Had she, about 12 uh, points. What, and... uh, wing, center? Kind of, a, kind of a wing. Uh, she's a good shooter. She can rebound a little bit. Nice defender. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Coach Reeve ought to get her few more minutes because they need to spread the floor a little bit more and she's a good shooter so. doesn't sound like a italian name to me she must uh she must be from slovakia and moved over there or something uh, Zanda, Zanda, okay zanda lassini yeah that yeah maybe that is maybe maybe she is well good for her yep. all right that's uh, number one all right number two driven to left center field davis looks up 
He'll play that ball off the wall. Another double for Escobar and another first inning run for the Twins. All right, so I missed the Twins game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at the movies with my family. And uh, so I looked at the box score. Saw they I, scored one I saw they run. Score, I saw they score one run, and I thought to myself, wow, I mean, it must have been one of the Eddies, right, that contributed yeah. to the yes. run. And then I looked at the complete box score, and I said, yeah, of course. It's mm-hmm. Eddie Escobar. Drove in Joe Maurer there in the first in the first inning. He had three more doubles yesterday. Yeah. Guys, do you guys know the uh, major league record for doubles in a season? No. Earl Webb in nineteen thirty one hit sixty seven doubles for the Boston mm-hmm. Red Sox. Our guy Eddie Esco right now. Now I don't know if he's going to keep this pace, <laughs> sure. but he is on pace for seventy one. That doubles would be awesome. This I season. think this is the most in sixty. 60- Eight games have they played? Sixty-eight games. Yep, since and he's Mags, played sixty-five of them since Mags in two thousand seven had thirty. And remember, or something like yeah. Magliore. Was Norgan. it last week when he had the triple where he should have stopped at second, mm-hmm. or was it two weeks ago? When- well, he had he had another triple the other day too. Yeah. Stop so, it, too, Eddie. Stop yeah. right there. <laughs> Unbelievable. But, uh, he's my favorite player. We're gonna have uh, right we're gonna have uh, Thad Levine on at uh, five fifteen, and the main reason I wanted to talk to somebody was. The amazing Esco is yes. second. Eri Adrianza's base running. We're going to talk about that. Did he How have another? Possibly. Up? Yeah, he got thrown out at first base from the right fielder. How can he be that bad of a base runner? He's a <laughs> complete moron. You mean he, he got a base hit? Base. He overran the bag. Garver was caught, going to third, go and he got caught by the cutoff guy. He's a dummy on the base pass. Yeah, he is a dummy. His fundamentals are. He's not a fundamentally no, sound player. He is player. not. Keeping on the theme of baseball, thought number three. And he goes deep to left field. He's done it again. Carlos Correa ties the game by hitting one into the Astros' bullpen on a 3-1 pitch. We're knotted at four. There's a base hit into right field. Scoring is Gurriel. Marisnik being held at third. Evan Gaddis, another RBI. The Astros lead this game 5-4. Look out. The defending world champs are uh, Right, ready and rolling right good, now. This is a good time not to be playing them. Yes, they've won uh, 11 yeah. in a row now. Yeah, they were in here last year early and got 40 runs in three games against the Twins. You don't want to be playing them right now. They were kind of hemming and hawing and being a little bit over 500, and Keichel was not good, but uh, 11 in a row. Now you got Verlander for a whole season. You got Garrett Cole. That, that's a nice little one-two punch in the rotation, if, and they're hitting again. If and, those guys and the Yankees meet again in the ALCS, woo! those games will be four and a half hours oh, God, long. Yes. Minimum. Yeah. Minimum. <laughs> but it'll, it'll be good baseball, but man, are they going to be long games. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thought number four. I mean, when I was a kid, did you ever love me or anything? You think Sonia Henny's mother loved her? <laughs> Poor f- you. I didn't stay home making apple brown Bettys. No, I made you a champion. <laughs> Knowing you'd hate me for it. That's the sacrifice a mother makes. I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice get your sh- I didn't like my mother either. So what? I gave you a gift. You cursed me. You're a monster. Spilled milk, baby. Wow. <laughs> so I was pretty, I was telling this to Pat earlier today. Yeah. I, I, I was pretty bored last night. Didn't really have, you know, the twins had already played and everything. Didn't really have anything to watch on TV. I finally got around to watching I, Tanya last mm-hmm. night, and it was every bit as good as everybody told me that it was. <laughs> it was fantastic. Allison Janey playing Tanya Harding's mother was brilliant. I mean, Margot Robbie was really good, too. Yes. 
But uh, Allison Janney stole the show. She was fantastic, and the movie was great. Yes, and uh, the guy who played the the poor fat Shane guy, Sean, who yeah. he, Sean, who thought he was a like a secret, secret operative. operative for the federal government <laughs> and could make things happen worldwide and stuff. Who's now that guy's now dead? I looked it up. He died in like '09. Yeah, but uh, man. That is one of the craziest characters ever. If he, I, I was telling Manny, I Tanya, one of the uh, a movie I started. Even though everything good I'd heard, I watched it with low expectations, off the charts. Yeah, Alice, did Margot Robbie was it? Isn't she? she I, I, yeah, but it, mm-hmm. was it convincing? Because Margot ah, Robbie, yeah, yeah, they played her a little bit lumpy, and okay. uh, you know she was, uh, you know, she played the uh, she played the role, she played well. the trailer gal uh, pretty. Because she good, is a but, heck of an actress. Yeah, but she's Alice very good. and Janie was just off. She was she was brilliant. Yeah, she made you all feel good about your mother. <laughs> no matter, <laughs> call no matter your mom. You whoever, whoever mom was, she'd be an improvement on Alice and Janie. Yes. If that was anywhere near the truth, it was unbelievable. All right, Fanny, Manny, Fanny's, Manny's for deep thoughts. We'll be back. Tim Lumpy Heron will talk to us about uh, what's all the big news on the golf scene. Tim Heron uh, is with us. Uh, we talked to him a little about the uh, 3M Open coming coming to TPC Twin Cities. But uh, first of all, you're out there watching the youth of uh, the Twin Cities uh, learn how to play in the rain, huh? Yeah, it's not raining here. Okay. It's pretty good out here at Wild Marsh. Okay, I've been there. I've, I've embarrassed myself at Wild Marsh. That's, uh, yeah, it's not, not a bad track, is it? First a, time I've been out here, it's pretty nice. So who's uh, who's playing today? Who are you observing uh, Carson. today? Carson. Carson's oh. playing my 15-year-old. Okay. Is this a, uh, we're, we're past the high school season, so this is a yeah, junior. Yeah, junior... Minnesota PGA. Oh, all right. Okay. How's, yeah. he, how's he hitting it? He's in it pretty good. Okay. Not too bad. Started off a little rough, but making some pars, yeah. All right. Uh, so, uh, uh, Tim, we're going to get a uh, regular weekly event here for the first time since 1969. Uh, the price of poker goes up when you switch from the Champions Tour to the PGA Tour. The uh, purse for the uh, 3M now is $1.75 million, and it'll be about 6 and a half next year. <laughs> Can That's uh, awesome. can uh, what what do you think? Is it going to go here? It's, uh, it looks well, like July. Well, you, you want my my personal? Yes. See, I, I'm torn because I'm I'm almost fifty already. Yes, right. I wanted that champions event, but <laughs> yes. honestly, for the for the state, it's great for the state. <clears throat> it's nice that 3M stepped up. What a great sponsor! Huge company, kind of showcase Minnesota. I think it's going to be great. Um, they probably need to do a little work to the golf course. Yes. To make it a little harder. I mean, guys want a, a tough challenge, but, uh, you know, I think it's great. What do you think uh, that, that can that, I mean, they're talking about putting in a bunch of tee boxes, but it's going to take more than that. What, what do you, can that golf course be turned into a challenge? I think it could. I think they got pretty good par threes. I haven't played it a lot. The, the fairways are large. Yeah. Great for club golf. Uh, somehow they're going to have to narrow the fairways down a little bit, but, uh, they got, I think they have a few challenging holes, like 17. I don't know exactly what they're going to do on 18. They'd make it a par four or somehow lengthen it. I don't know how they'd, how they'd do that, but, uh, you know, they'll figure it out and 
They better start building some teas here pretty soon before it starts snowing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> I was talking to Hollis a couple of days ago, and uh, I think as soon as this year's event, uh, 3M ends, they're going to uh, probably start putting the tea boxes in and then go from there. Because you can't do much in the spring to get ready for a tournament that's going to be held. Looks like 4th of July weekend. A lot of people go to the lake. I think the Herons head north on, on that uh, week. Uh, <laughs> do, do you think that'll hurt them? Uh, no. No, I think it's, uh, I think there'll be enough people sticking around. I mean, maybe if they do something fun out there, you know, a lot of these tournaments have concerts and stuff like that. So I think some people might stick around, you know, and, uh, uh, Hollis always has a good show and he knows what he's doing, so. Uh, I'm sure he'll get en- enough entertainment, and he'll be great. You uh, you were involved in some of that as an auxiliary to the Ryder Cup. Uh, they, they, uh, your golf fans do like to have some place to go and uh, uh, boogie around and have a few cocktails afterwards, too, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, I mean, Minnesotans in the summer, they like to have fun. We hibernate in the, the winter. I don't know about you, but <laughs> I'm indoors quite a bit. Uh, uh, Tim, uh, you uh, did you play Shinnecock in 04? Were you in that open? I played in, it was my first one in 95, and I played in 04, and that's when I got Lyme disease. Oh, really? And I think I finished 11th in 04, uh, like 8 over par, yeah, which and- I looked at it, it was about 12th this year. So. Did you did you think that the tight did the tick get you at uh, Shinnecock or where do you where yeah, did the it tick get got you? me at Shinnecock I think really I, mean, I diagnosed it when I was at the British huh. all these doctors like we they don't have deer ticks over there so like you got rings on your back but we don't know what the hell it's from holy cow so then I had to wait until I got home from the British Open and and got diagnosed with neurological Lyme disease. Wow, how long did that uh, knock the hell out of you? A few months? Jeez, yeah, a few months. And then I'm sure it, it swelled my brain a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, now, 04, obviously on Sunday they made... How'd you play on Sunday when the course was basically unplayable at Shinnecock in 04? Well, I remember I played at Tiger Woods. Oh, really? And I beat Tiger Woods. That's kind of how I remembered that round. Uh, I beat him by a couple. And I got up and down from one of those short bunkers on 18 he gave me a applause <laughs> I couldn't believe that I did it but uh, we had a good time and it was hard I just remember being hard and I remember making five I think five birdies in a row at Shinnecock one of them was wow. number seven and then they just they never put water on it ever again yeah I don't know if it was me if they didn't like five birdies in a row or those or what they added the runs didn't look good did they no, they added the runoffs this year, didn't they? They didn't have the big runoffs like that last time. No, around, they right? didn't. No, they yeah. didn't. Which I would... remember chipping back and forth on ten. One of the days, so chipping it back down the fairway. So uh, it over the green. So the USGA, yeah. God love them. Uh, after what happened to them in '04, <laughs> are you a little shocked that they uh, found themselves in the same predicament on Saturday? I'm not really that shocked because <laughs> we've been doing it for a long time. I don't want to sound like a, I mean I don't yeah. want to sound like a whiny baby yeah. pro, but um, it might be time for him to hire a guy that's maybe played in a few opens to kind of help set up the golf courses. And I think the philosophy of golfers are getting better. What's wrong with them shooting a little lower? If it's fair, it can still be hard and fair. And if a guy kind of goes off and he's feeling it i think it's okay to showcase golf to like hey man he's making birdies on the hardest golf course in the world 
instead of making them look kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and Tim, I don't know. What's your opinion? I don't That's think. My opinion. I don't think you guys have any problem uh, with a hard golf course as long as you hit a good shot and it's rewarded and doesn't exactly. run like doesn't that. run seventy yards be- over the yeah, green. Isn't, it, isn't the game hard enough? As it yes. Is? I mean, geez. So yeah, I, I agree exactly what you said right there. You should get rewarded for a good shot, and. If you want, if you want, I think that's going to help promote the game. Yeah. I think what they did didn't really help promote the game at all. If you want to hit it in the did and all that. If right? you want to hit it in the fescue, then that's your problem. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Hey, uh, what was uh, Phil up to? I think he was trying to embarrass the USGA. I. This is my opinion, and I'm not speaking for Phil, but this no. is the way, and I felt this where, like, you know what? If the USGA is going to embarrass me, I'm going to embarrass them. And yeah. I, I think you're right on that. I think he's like, you know what? If you're going to make it to where this, I have a ten footer, and there's no way I can keep it on the ridge, and it's going to go off the grain, I'll just knock it back, yeah. make them look stupid. But I think it kind of hurt Phil, <laughs> his brand a little bit. Yes, yes, it did. They kind of ripped on him pretty good. Yeah, people. Uh, but uh, the Golf Channel guys, I, I, I pretty much like Chambly and those guys, but they, you know, basically, what are they doing to the youth of America? And they, they, uh, they overreacted a little bit too, you know. I agree. I mean, it is a game and a sport, and Phil's been great for the game. You know what I mean? One bad, you know, we've all made mistakes, right? So yes. one bad, whatever. It's not like he threw a tantrum and threw a club or whatever. <laughs> you know, he just was frustrated, and that's what the game does to people. Uh, you played uh, pretty well uh, uh, in Memphis. Uh, what's your uh, What's your schedule now? Um, well, I got reshuffled, and I'm hoping to get in Greenbrier, which is the Fourth of July week. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'll be in. I don't know if I'm about fifty fifty in that tournament. And then I'll be in John Deere. And then there's a Barbersall tournament yes. that's in Lexington, Kentucky, where. I'll probably lose a lot of weight because this place is really hot. <laughs> and then I'm off for a couple of weeks and then Reno. Okay. And then hopefully the web finals. So I get enough golf. Oh, no. The last couple of years taking a lot of time off, I have enough golf. So. Well, without how do you get in the web finals if you're in a, in a I got to certain... be either in the top 200 on the PJ Tour on the money list. Okay. Or points or whatever. Okay. I'm still trying to figure out FedEx Cup points. I'm a little slow. And uh, or if you play well on the web, on the web tour, like the top okay. fifty guys on the web tour. But you're not you're not playing any web. Events. I haven't played any web web events. But the web finals is pretty much tour school for tournaments. Yeah, so. that's that replaces them. So I mean, it'd be fun. Uh, hopefully, I can keep it going. It'd be fun to get my card back and when I'm forty nine. Yeah, and say goodbye to all the golf courses and then hit the Champions Tour. And you said, uh, you know, Memphis, did, you played pretty well considering you didn't make, you had, you had a bunch of th- three putts, right? You didn't really roll Yeah, like you that know what? Well. I had a, quite a few three putts in um, Colonial. Colonial, that's right. What am I thinking Colonial, about? Colonial. And then um, I putted okay. I mean, I'm hitting the ball nice. And the ball's kind of going where I'm looking. So <laughs> <laughs> that's always nice because it doesn't always agree with me. But. Uh, yeah, just work on putting. But you know what? I'm making enough putts. But those putts that you need to make, you know, I miss a few of them. But that's okay. That's my age. I remember Freddie Couple just one time told me, he goes, you know what? I just count on missing a putt. And then sometimes I make all of those putts. <laughs> but I just count on, I don't 
stress over it anymore. Do you know uh, do you know Kepka at all? You, have you ever run into him? I, I do. Mean, he's yeah. a nice kid. Yeah, and uh, boy, he looks like a linebacker, doesn't he? Man, he's, he's huge. Yeah, <laughs> he's about six one, and yeah, he's pretty ripped. And he did not. Uh, he wasn't afraid of the greens on Sunday. He was. Uh, he was trying to make putts. Dustin couldn't uh, get. Yeah, the... he talked to the media well. He was really confident, but not over, not cocky. I don't think. No. And he just said, "You know, I'm feeling good. I feel like I can win this." And kind of talked him, talked himself into it. And it looked like kind of the back nine. I watched the back nine. Yes. He was pretty much in control. He was going to win that tournament. Yeah, he did not uh, look uh, shook up at all. Dustin, meanwhile, couldn't get the uh, ball to the hole. He just uh, he looked like he was still no, putting those on Saturday. No, didn't look very good, though. They were no. bouncing. And, <laughs> no. and they were so fast that, you know, an uphill putt's going to be re- really slow. But you don't want to hammer it two and a half feet by because then you got a two and a half footer down the hill. So, mind yeah. games, yeah. the game is. Hey, uh, Tim, thanks, sir. And uh, have a good luck to later this summer when you're out there again. All right, thanks. Thanks All for right. having me on. Okay, the uh, great Tim Lumpy Heron uh, is uh, with us here, and uh, he's uh, expressing confidence on the 3M Open uh, being successful. But, as he said, he's 48 years old. He was counting on uh, playing in the senior tournament here. He'll have to settle for Sioux Falls as the home event uh, uh, next year. It starts this year in September. It's going to be a great senior event in Sioux Falls. A perfect market for uh, uh, Champion Stir Golf. We'll be back. Johnny. Yes. This World Cup is just flying along, man. Can't have more than three and a half weeks left, can we? Can't <laughs> is that all? Three and a half weeks. Bad day for CONCACAF today. Uh, uh, Panama got beat 3-0 by Belgium. But yesterday, Mexicana yeah. defeated Germany 1-0. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm You remember Harvey's Wallbangers um, with the Brewers? Yes. Sure. Harvey's Harvey Wallbangers. Keen, yeah, sure. Their coach is a guy named Osario. Uh-huh. I'm calling them Osario's Wallbangers. <laughs> The uh, Mexican team, because we're rooting for Mexico, even though we want to build a wall, right? Yeah. Don't we want to root for them because they're yeah. our neighbors? Sure. I think mm-hmm. so, sure. Yeah. Osario's wall bangers. Uh, you can use that if you want to. Pete. Okay. Here's Johnny Height. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. This update sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Uh, the Twin Cities, as you've heard, back on the regular PGA Tour schedule for the first time since 1969. Tour officials and 3M announcing a seven-year agreement today that'll bring a PGA stop to the TPC Twin Cities in Blaine for a new FedEx Cup season event starting next summer. Dates for the 3M Open will be announced in the coming weeks as the 2018-19 schedule is set. Although, Patrick, you said 95% chance July July 4th, 4th through 7th next year. The Champions Tour event held at TPC will be... Champions Tour. I was going to just tell John, I would give my small (laughs) digit, my my small pinky (laughs) finger on either one of my, (laughs) not that digit. I'd give one of my uh-huh. I give one oh my of my God. pinky fingers yeah. if I could say "tur" as well as Johnny Height does. <laughs> oh. Yes, the Champion Tour event. <laughs> no, that one I'm keeping. <laughs> I don't think it qualifies. I think the toes and the fingers are the only properly yeah. ex- described as digits. Oh I'm, I'm going to agree with you. On yeah, that one. then. The, 
After that, you got appendages. Right. Yeah. Champions <laughs> Tour event held at the TBC Twin Cities will be contested for the last time, August 3rd through the 5th. That event started back in 1993. <laughs> um, I have a question for you, sir. Yes. Um, I know how you are with uh, tweets from other teams either congratulating yes. or wishing luck to other teams. I need to know if this qualifies. It's okay for a golf tournament. No, no, no. That okay. has nothing to do with the I golf. I think I know where you're going with this. So the Vikings tweeted out, congratulations to at Vikings PR on being selected as the 2018 Pete Rozelle Award winner. <laughs> a very good award. Well, doesn't the... Hold on. Don't the, don't the Vikings PR department handle the Vikings? Hold on. <laughs> Retweeted by... Timberwolves PR. Okay. Congrats, guys. No, that doesn't count. Okay. Because I, I wanted to know Aaron the rules. Seahausen likes Hagen and Tommy West and everybody. So that's else. okay to do. Okay. You know what I call those guys out there? The survivors. Yes. <laughs> they know they, stuff. They have. I know. I don't know why that. I think they just know to keep their mouths shut. That's right. What they do. <laughs> Bobby Hagen and Tommy West and that crew uh, have survived several reg- regime changes. No, Bob is one of the best guys in the business. Mm-hmm. He's a great dude. Never tells you diddly, but he's a good guy. Which is why he's still employed. That's right. <laughs> Twins. You know, like a traffic not, reporter. I know. Boy. Not the source. <laughs> Not the source for any uh, nope. any hot scoops, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Twins are off today. They're back home tomorrow to kick off a six-game homestand that starts with three against the Red Sox. Uh, they did release an infielder I had heard of today, uh, Taylor Featherstone. Stone. Mm-hmm. You guys remember him? He was in the majors for a couple of years. He was down at Rochester. His problem always has been he's got a great glove, but he can't hit. Uh, that mm-hmm. was his problem in two years in the major leagues. Same thing down at Rochester. Through 213 plate appearances, he was hitting 167. Yeah, that'll get you released in yeah. AAA. The Twins uh, did release him from Rochester. They haven't uh, told us who they're replacing him with yet. Yeah, no. but if you're hitting 180, you get put on the 40-man roster. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. The Vikings are... Tyler, on- maybe... Maybe Taylor Motter has returned. Oh, I bet Polanco's going to uh, Rochester. I oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Vikings are honoring uh, one of the most successful coaches in franchise history. Uh, another funny tweet from Mr. Royce on this one today also. <laughs> Dennis Green, who passed away in 2016 after cardiac arrest, will be the lone member inducted into the Vikings Ring of Honor class of 2018. He coached the Vikings from 1992 until 2002. That included a pretty good run to the NFC title game in 1998, the arrival of Randy Moss. Only Bud Grant has more wins as head coach with the Vikings. So we're digging our way out of the forest and chopping away uh, with the trees. <laughs> Green's induction will be September 23rd during halftime at U.S. Bank Stadium. I don't think we've turned the corner. Well, that's yeah. a short one. Yeah, well. A very short one. I did say the cabal sends its congratulations. <laughs> I was quite amused that was when I saw good. it. Yes. Uh, you know, Danny, I, I, I considered maybe it was in poor t- taste, but I, uh, I erred on the side of laughter. And the shame of it is everybody's, you know, doing the, the epic bears meltdown, you know, on social media. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's not even what a, locally... Come on, he had so many other that great one was better seri- That one, he was seriously upset, though. Usually, he was just agitating us. Right. We thought we were agitating him, and he was agitating us. We'll <laughs> talk about Denny when we get back. But here's Johnny with uh, what else he has. Here. How about uh, the uh, Stillwater thing today? Uh, they got The weather helped Stillwater. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, well, they were, because the rain uh, stopped everything Saturday, yes. uh, they came back today, they were able to throw their ace. Oh. And boy, was he good. Drew Gilbert. A four to nothing complete game victory over Minnetonka. He struck out fifteen. 
This is the second state championship in program history. Uh, Gilbert wasn't supposed to be allowed to pitch in the championship game originally scheduled for Saturday because he started in the quarterfinals on Thursday. Per MS, uh, MSHSL rules, he had to wait three days to pitch again. That rain delay on Saturday pushed the game back, forcing both teams to come back this afternoon, allowed Gilbert to How take the How about the uh, Halverson kid from Heritage Christian going deep twice at Target Field? No the kidding. Twins draft choice, and they apparently aren't going to sign him. Uh, but uh, he must have he pitched and hit two home runs. Sheesh. So he's got some. He's talent. going to Missouri, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, one other MLB note, uh, Melky Cabrera, remember the Indians uh, just signed him and brought him up a little while yeah. ago? Uh, well, now he, they were designating him for assignment, so he's become a free agent again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Melky is out there. 33 years old, he uh, had 66 at-bats for the Indians, hit just 207. Last year, though, he was still pretty good, 285 with 17 homers, 30 doubles. Uh, you trying to get the Twins to sign him, John? Are you no, lobbying for no, him? No, no, okay. no. I'm, I'm good without the Twins. But right. I would think he'll find a job somewhere. All right. Uh, thanks, Johnny. Thad Levine at 415 or so today. But it was clear that we are a quicker team than we were last year, a more explosive team than we were last year, and I think we got that little bit extra drive. And I think the good old-fashioned guts was probably the biggest difference in the game. And that's where we really got to have. That's got to really be our trademark. Three teams have been 15-1 in the history of the National Football League. All right? Give yourselves a round of applause. I take it that comes from the Vikings' victorious locker room after the Vikings finished 15-1 and in 1998? Yes. After uh, they beat the Titans. Right. Or there would have been the Oilers. They were still yeah, the Oilers still at the, the time. Yeah, it, was, it was their last year as yeah. the Oilers. Yeah. I can uh, tell you that uh, by all accounts for the fellows who played for him, Denny could give the rousing speech. Oh, yeah. yeah. He could uh, give the rousing speech. Now, what is amazing about Denny getting an NFL job, first of all, of course, very few African-Americans had been given the opportunity. Was he the second, Art Shell? Yeah, Art was the I know, first, was right? Tony. Tony was after Denny, Penny, obviously. Yeah. Art, Art was the first, right? Art was the first. Denny might have been the second. Yeah. Denny's first head coaching job, college, Northwestern. Yeah. 10 and 45. Yeah. 10 and 45. Uh, 0-11, and 3-8, 2-9, 2-9, 3-8, that's when Northwestern was at the bottom, the worst Division One program in the country. Uh, so nobody held that against him. He finally left or got fired or whatever they did at Northwestern back then. And he went and worked for Bill Walsh for three years. And uh, it, with the 49ers, Walsh brought him in, and then that uh, put him in position to get the Stanford job. And he turned around Stanford. They were three and eight when he got there in 1989. Eight and four, eight and four with a six and two record in the uh, Pac-10, and played in the Aloha Bowl. And that's when the Vikings uh, had an opening. And the two finalists were Pete Carroll and uh, Denny Green. And uh, Roger Hedrick uh, went and hired uh, Dennis Green. A bold uh, decision and probably and very much the, accurate, the 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 right one at the time. Pete went off after that and got fired after hardly Pete any time with the, the Jets and Jets. the New Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. Took, it took Pete yeah. a long time. By the way, okay. yeah, he was the second after Art Shell. Danny Dennis uh, ends up coaching here ten years. Missed the playoffs twice. Missed the playoffs in 1995 with an eight and eight record. 
And uh, of course, he got fired in the last one. year. He were, they were five and ten in one And by then, uh, he, Red was just looking to sell tickets. And well, in one really it spiraled out of control when Stringer died. I mean, that team lost all of its fire. Don't you yes. think? Yeah, that probably hurt him. Yeah, that's actually uh, that's actually the only time I felt uh, sympathy for Denny. I was down there the day after. You know that I remember Kevin. I remember the phone ringing at four a.m. at the house and. Uh, and I, because I told Kevin Seifert to call me if he'd heard anything official on and Corey. And when the phone rang, I remember my wife says, "What's that?" And I said, "Corey Stringer died." Mm-hmm. And just knowing that no that's what it was, and drove down there, and watching Danny and Chris Carter and Randy Moss trying to address the media that day about Corey Stringer was uh, it was hard not to uh, not to get choked up watching that man. But uh, Denny, uh, as I said, it ended up uh, getting a little ugly there uh, for a while. Uh, the uh, the 1994, the Vikings, uh, they'd lost. They'd gone on to in, uh, in playoff games. They'd lost to Washington. They lost to the Giants. Both times they were, you know, it wasn't a surprise. But then the Bears came in there with Steve Walsh as yeah. quarterback and kicked the hell out of a good team. And that's the first time we actually took any shots at Denny. People think that this was a feud that with the media that started from day one. It wasn't. Most of us supported his hiring. Sid was the guy who was upset because he and Pete Carroll were pals. Uh, but most of us were on board. And then uh, Selena Roberts and Kurt Brown came out with the sexual harassment story and uh, the, from in the Star Tribune, and that turned into... Uh, that turned into warfare there for a long time. Denny, remember, did the bunker interview oh, yeah. down there, and uh, it it got it got a lot uglier than it had to be. I always uh, attempted to agitate him, uh, have fun. I I didn't like to just go out and hit him with the hammer like a lot of the other guys, a lot of the other cabal members did. But because uh, <laughs> the cabal was three deep, right? Well, it three he said they said there was three. He said there were three members of the cabal, but I, of course, wrote the famous column saying that <laughs> I thought this was a terrible thing to say about Power, Sansevier, and Barrero. You know that, you know, and uh, that I would defend them. And then I had somebody on the desk say, "Are you sure you got the right three? And I said, "Yeah, sure." It wouldn't be Sid. He wouldn't right. be saying that about Sid. <laughs> so anyway, but. Uh, there's no doubt he's a good football coach, and he yeah. really knew offensive talent. Yes, he and did. he did. He, defensive, not not quite so much. He was he really also knew. kind of one of the guys that, and I, I forget if it was a ESPN piece or one of the Fox or CBS or whatever, but really he was one of the first guys that started to take a chance on the really young guys, the 21 year olds, the 20 year olds that had mm-hmm. were three years removed. Because he yeah. always said, "I want you know guys that aren't as beat up as the uh, the 22, yeah, 23 makes year olds." Sense. Yeah, he was uh, he was a lot like Bud in that area. He didn't beat him up in practice. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, didn't didn't believe in that. He died of a heart attack in July 2016 and will be inducted into the Vikings Ring of Honor. Uh, this year in September, and I can't argue with that. He is he's, he has a terrific uh, record as the coach I, of the Vikings. I don't know why I love this piece of Dennis Green trivia, but also the fact that he was at Wilt Chamberlain's 100 point game. I think that yes. that's awesome. <laughs> yes, yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, he's he's from there. Yep. Hershey, Pennsylvania. That's his hometown. So that's his hometown. And uh, I think Danny liked those Hershey bars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of us did. We'll be back. Please, we'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. 
Today was the final day of the 1967 Monterey Pop Concert uh, Festival, Monterey Pop Festival. And two years later came Woodstock, and it became more famous. But uh, they had Jimi Hendrix, they had Janis Joplin, they had the Grateful Dead. They had all of them at the Monterey Pop Festival in uh, 1967. Now, didn't we have a little difficulty with the Hells Angels at, at one of those events? Was that the, the yes. next one? Was that a different year? Yes, and I know I'm going to give. I'm not going to attempt to give out the wrong information, but yes, there is a Hells Angels component to that. Uh, they were security, I believe, and. Um, at, and got a little, uh, oh, the Rolling Stones at Monterey. Okay. Joe, Joe's in here. Hells Angels, Monterey. Here comes Johnny Height. Altamont, excuse me. Okay, Altamont. <laughs> Told Johnny, you, Height. I was waiting Johnny, for Johnny come to in come in here. Johnny, get in here. Get in here. We got Hurry a couple up. minutes, John. Come on in. Come here. in here, Johnny. Come in here, Johnny. The Monterey <laughs> the Monterey Pop Festival 1967, where, where does it stand in American rock history. Uh, it's very important because it introduced Hendrix basically okay. to America, and that's that's the one where he burnt the Strat. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the Who had to follow him on 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 the stage. Pete Townsend wasn't happy. Really, Hendrix they, was so good. Did 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 they know about Hendrix yet? They, uh, the the who? Townsend knew. Yeah, they knew about because he had spent the prior two years in England, where okay. he was becoming fairly famous. So all the British guys knew him. The Who, the Beatles, were friends with him. Uh, so they flipped a coin at Monterey to see who would, you know, who would, who would close the show. And the Who I, won, won but, they but, lost. but they lost because <laughs> Hendrix went out there, burned his guitar, the place went crazy. Were the there who, any drugs used at the Monterey well, Pop I, Festival I, by the either the uh, participants yes. or the audience? Uh, there was There's a fine documentary about okay. the Monterey. Uh, it was done by uh, the same guys that did the Woodstock documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get a chance to see it, it's wonderful. It's, there's backstage stuff. There's all sorts and of stuff. And when was Altamont when uh, the Hells Angels uh, were a little 69, overly aggressive? 69, yeah, they were the bodyguards. A little guards. overly aggressive. Yeah, yeah they, a, a they lot did. overly yeah. aggressive. Okay. All right, Johnny, thank, that's why we have you. <laughs> thank you. We'll be back.